we're told a lot that we shouldn't multitask but I just I don't think it was a mum that said that it was probably a Buddhist that said that a Buddhist monk said you mustn't I'm sure I read that you mustn't multitask and I thought yeah you definitely don't have two children and a job exactly <laughs> Welcome back to Art Juice. This is honest, generous and humorous conversations that will feed your creative soul and get you thinking with me, Alice Sheridan, usually Louise Fletcher. Um, but today I'm joined by an artist friend who, as is always the way these days, um, I met online, I think, through Instagram, I think. Um, and we have met a good number of times in real life. I'm joined by Anna McDonald. Hello, Anna. Hi, Alice. <laughs> and we just thought that we would get together and have a little bit of a chat about the realities of hmm, organising yourself as an artist. Um, I think people have a perception that I'm very organised. And I think like lots of us, I think I probably have some areas that I'm organised in. And then I have some others that are very, very decidedly weak spots. But it's one of the things that we have to sort of grapple with, not just as an artist, but in life, right? Yeah, definitely. And I find that this topic of organising is so interesting in terms of being an artist, because I grew up thinking that artists were inherently disorganised and that was part of the creative process. And therefore, if I was quite a tidy person, that meant that I wouldn't be a creative, you know, a true creative and so I felt like that up until probably about eight years ago. <laughs> I just thought, oh, I'm just pretending to be an artist because really I'm not because I'm, I'm quite tidy and I quite like tidying things up. But this whole kind of exploring this idea about being tidy and, and are we a tidy person or are we a chaotic person? It's just so fascinating. And I think it covers every aspect of our lives, really. Before we get into that even further, I just want to go a little bit more into, so for people who don't know you, where can they find you on Instagram? I'm Anna F. MacDonald Art. So if you hop over to Instagram, you will get very immediately a sense of Anna's kind of aesthetic and approach to the way that not only that she makes her art, but she also lives her life. But the other thing that we've got in common is we are both mums of two children um, and you also have a job as well tell us a little bit about what a usual week looks like for you well, I wrote this down right <laughs> why is it chaotic okay. well yeah okay so Monday to Wednesday I'm teaching and that means that I'm usually I try to be at my desk at 8 a.m well before 8 a.m doesn't usually work and I'm usually at work and I'm usually at home about 6 6 30 so it's quite a full day and sometimes I can be back as late as sort of eight o'clock at night so then I've got a couple of week, couple of days a week where and when you say when you say teaching you teach art in a secondary school in a big busy London secondary school yes I do I've got about 250 students so even though I'm part-time I've got about 250 students and yeah I teach them art and I also support a lot of our um, six formers getting into um, art college as well so it's quite full-on I absolutely love it um, but it's very intense and it's very draining so 
the latter part of the week I have two days I used to say I have two days free I have two days off and I need to stop doing that because because yeah. <laughs> they're just other work days I just do other things so I'm then a mum so I'll do the school run and that's when I will meal plan I do my food shopping I have to look after myself so I've got a yoga class I do all of my business admin website stuff photographing try and squeeze some studio time in and then it kind of goes over to the weekend as well so I'm basically working all the time but I love it I think even without the other job there are there are two there are two full-time jobs really in being an artist and this is one of the I've got a post-it note here a a couple of um, months ago I did a reel on Instagram artist myth number one I can't remember what it was now Um, but I thought oh this is a really good idea for a series I should do a series of artist myths here is artist myth number two that artists are always painting. Anyway, so far it's only living as a post-it note stuck to my computer screen. But I think that was a that was a like you had this block that you couldn't be a real artist unless you were scatty and disorganized. I remember feeling like you can't call yourself an artist unless you're spending all your time being creative. And actually, even if you're only doing the artist thing there's the there's the actual making the work and everything that goes into that which again isn't even all making is it it's the research and the looking and the you know what feeds you creatively but then there's all the other side of it the mark even if you're not doing your own marketing communication with galleries logistics keeping track of your inventory all of those kind of things take time as well then you've also got life jobs mum wife dog walker all of those things and you have another paid career as well. And then we're hard on ourselves when we think, oh, I'm kind of not doing enough. I mean, we're mad, aren't we? Yeah. I mean, I just, I give myself such a hard time about that. And I think you've said, haven't you said before that you never really, there never really is a balance. The scale's always tipping. You're always spending a lot of time on something. So something else is missing out and you just have to redress that balance. Yeah now and again and I think that even though I'm probably the busiest I've ever been I I don't I don't burn out and I don't suffer from anxiety in the way that I used to and I'm in better health than I ever used to be but it is I just am very very busy so I think the whole organizing thing has really come into play with me because I have to organize my schedule so that I know that I am making sure that I, I mean, I need to be in bed by about 9.30. So I'm not somebody that can stay up to midnight and do all this stuff. So, and I need to be able to eat properly and I want to have time with my family and with my kids. So I have to be organized in order to make time for all of those things. And when you've talked as well about the 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 side of the of our art business that is the the admin and the marketing and so much of that is not so much about the selling it's the side that connects me with other people so Mm. for instance if I wasn't doing art fairs I probably wouldn't be as motivated to make the art in the first place yeah I would be very it'd be so easy from for the other facets of my life to just take over and my art would be so secondary that I think, you know what, I won't even bother doing a new painting this month. So 
doing these art fairs is so integral to sort of keep keep that cog turning and then also the stuff I do on Instagram really really connects me with other people and I've made so many friends real friends from that so it it it, it does all pay off in the end but yeah it does mean that I'm very busy <laughs> I think I think you're right while you were talking there I've, something that came came up and I've never thought about it in terms of this word before but it's just this idea of drift like we're all busy like everybody has are we all equal I, I don't know it's not a competition is it like who's busier than anybody else everybody has things in their life that they want to do or that they choose to spend time doing I think one of the things for me you know a good few years back now was just being more consciously aware of what I wanted from my time from my life to feel fulfilled and it's very easy to get into a sense of drift and just letting things go in their own pattern like there is a kind of momentum that happens and it can be just a bit rolling or you know and then you suddenly realize it's interesting now you know discovering notebooks from things a few years ago and you can have an idea and unless you take action on it just lives there for a while mm. quite a long while and life carries on and you don't do anything on it so that there is a point where you do actually have to stick your flag in the sand and say yeah this is important I, I want to do something about this because otherwise things do just drift and I think it does get in and out of balance but what I've noticed over the long term is when things are important to you, they come back, they recycle, you do do them, like you might not always do them the week you say you're going to, I know I certainly don't, but you get there eventually. But how does this actually look, how does this actually look for you? Because I think we've got quite a lot of crossover in terms of how we plan both longer scale and also short term. How, how do you, with all these things that you're juggling, practically, what do you do to make sure they happen? Um, it's really down to me keeping this little book that I call my artist bullet journal, which just began as a diary. And then I discovered what a bullet journal was, I don't know, maybe a decade ago. And I would have this notebook that I draw up myself with a calendar and it was just extensive to-do lists every day. Yeah. And I wasn't using it properly. I didn't follow the traditional um bullet journal method and then I just developed my own systems and then I just got better at it and I think so I have this book and it allows me to plan my school life so my teaching life my home life my family life and my art business mm. I think what you were describing about priorities is that I began seeing that being busy really just becomes a bit of a badge of honor it does amongst mums you're always mm. talking about I've got, I've got so much on I'm so busy and then at school I've noticed that there was a bit of a culture I don't mean my school in particular but I think particularly in teaching where if you've got time to talk to a colleague in a corridor you're probably not busy enough mm. everybody is sort of rushing saying I haven't been to the toilet for 12 hours and it's just it is sort of the norm in teaching but you realise that it's a bit of a badge of honour. But this is when I used to look at this 
book that I used to have and I used to look at all these things I was telling myself I had to do and I was just making myself busy and I wasn't really productive whereas now there are times when I am quite busy but it's what value do these activities and these things I'm doing have so it's what you're saying about prioritizing things and what's really helpful about the book is it doesn't just help me work out what it is I want to do and when I'm going to do those things it helps me look at it on in black and white on paper and think well I thought I needed Mm. to color code my books or something (laughs) or alphabetize something but I I don't think I do I really don't think that's going to matter that much to me um but my way of planning my time and organizing I've just got so much more efficient and probably like you I love doing it digitally as well so I do everything on my phone and I know that we're told a lot that we shouldn't multitask but I just I don't think it was a mum that said that it was probably a Buddhist that said that a Buddhist monk said you mustn't I'm sure I read that you mustn't multitask and I thought yeah you definitely don't have two children and a job exactly (laughs) I think the thing about the phone is is it allows you to use short short moments of time you know you can you can do things or check in on something um you know while supper is cooking and depending on how old your children are you know you either want to be there with you or they don't want to talk to you at that point anyway so you know you might as well use that time to do something else I think for me one of the big things was making a difference between the kind of tasks that needed a long time to sit down and concentrate on and tasks that could be done you know in that really satisfying kind of superficial tick done tick done tick done you know that are tedious tasks but actually can feel really good when you have a really good half hour or 20 minutes and you can just get through them so you know making divisions between not only the different areas of your life but also where do you need to be what frame of mind do you need to be in order to get this task done and as well understanding the balance of your week like the balance of your week is defined for you to a degree mm. But then you also have those two extra days where there is flexibility and allowing for that flexibility and that fluid approach. I would I would say particularly as artists, I don't think it's actually anything to do with being artists. I think it's to do with the way you operate as a person. And I think one of the big things in this is understanding, do you work well to deadlines? Me? Yes. Sometimes there are things that I work really well for deadlines for. And sometimes I absolutely need to feel that I have a choice and a degree of flexibility because without that, like my resistance can come in like full on. Whereas if I know I've actually chosen to do creative studio day or an admin day, I can feel equally good about both of them. They both need doing at some point. I like having a, false impression that I have a choice about it (laughs) but this is the thing you were saying before about how we how we label ourselves about you know are we a chaotic really messy person and are we organized and I you're never only just one thing are you no and even though I am I am very organized there are definitely aspects of my personality where I'm very very disorganized and I have a tendency to overbuy things and to 
um, acquire, I acquire a lot of things. I'll go through phases where I'll just have far too many apps on my phone or there'll be a, a deal on at Lidl and I'll just have bought 18 something. I think, why did I buy 18 of those things? And so, and I get, and I get very, you know, my schedule just gets, you know, really ridiculous and I have to then cull it and... Do you find that that goes through a particular cycle that you've noticed? Like, have you noticed if that is tied to, I don't know, I'm making things up, autumn and nesting and gathering lots more in in the winter? I notice that I have kind of two periods a year where I like to have like a really thorough clear out. One is January, one is September. Because this is another thing, isn't it? I think sometimes we expect ourselves to be fully consistent. And that's another story that often we're told you know if, if things only work or it's only you're only doing a good job if it's regular and I just ah, bollocks to that you know yeah. it's all right that sometimes you have times where everything gets over them and then it feels really good cleaning up again like if I was going to clean my house every day and it wasn't dirty it wouldn't feel satisfying whereas when it's got a bit muddly and then I have like right I'm gonna have a good day sorting things out that's a nice feeling yeah and I think I I think my my two times I'd say are probably July and December and in exactly earlier yeah Yeah. and what's really interesting is with my bullet journal I each year I make a new one so I draw out this diary and calendar each year and I look at it and I just think do I do I need a new sort of do I need a new planner or tracker that might help me and what I did what I've done in this one, which I've never done before, is I've drawn out a really simple monthly calendar for the year. And it has an overview each month of how I tend to feel in that month, in exactly how you've described. Because mm-hmm. I thought that, I think we're all really um, guilty of doing this, which is expecting ourselves to operate at the same at the mm-hmm. same level of energy throughout the year be consistently productive and want to do the same things day in day out and I know that I think it happened this summer because August September and um, July and August I felt so productive it was really really warm and all I wanted to do was redecorate my home and get all those jobs done in the house that you never get done and I worked incredibly hard I was painting you know, I was getting stuff framed at the framers. I put all these lovely pictures up. I decluttered, went through paperwork. And I spent about three weeks doing this. And I remember writing it down in this diary thinking, I'm not going to be feeling like this in December or I think November. November, I'm probably going to be watching the entire back catalogue of Downton Abbey again. And I'm just going to be eating biscuits. And that is fine because at that time it's a very introspective time that November to February for me is just a very slow introspective time and I like to reflect on the year and I like to nest but I can feel a bit low and I feel oh but I'm not doing all the things and it's just a reminder that that is fine and that the year has a rhythm that it's not even just the day or the week has a rhythm for me that the year does as well so it's giving myself permission to just um just to do that to take things slower and to not worry I think that that this is one of the advantages with using something as flexible as a bullet journal system and I do something very similar and 
we have it within Connected Artists. I call it the annual planner because partly when I looked at, I can't think when I first discovered bullet journaling, but if you if you look, if you go on Pinterest and you look for bullet journaling, it's full of these like um, beautiful, elaborate, drawn out pages where people like make notes and lists of well, everything, anything under the sun. A bullet journal is basically a, a gridded or a dotted notebook with pages page numbers that you could put on that page whatever you want to put on it so it does take a little bit of time to set up and to think about what you want to include and what you don't want to include and like you I've been doing it for looking at mine I think they go back to about 2014 now so that's about eight years and but every year you have a a slight shift what am I going to carry with me what works what didn't work and you have that ability to personalize it. And I've bought planners in the past and I never use them because there's pages in there that I don't want or they're too big. This is small enough to put in your bag when you go away. I have pages left at the end for like project notes. And I think that ability to really personalize it. But what's so useful is to have some jumping off points because very often if we're starting with a blank sheet and in these bullet journals you literally are starting off with a blank page aren't you you think oh what what am I going to put on my first page of my and invariably you draw it up wrong on the first page and then you think oh damn I've spoiled it now so it's quite nice to have something to copy do I leave the first page blank this is always Um, a thing with me I always like every sketchbook every notebook I just always leave the first page blank for that reason because uh, I know yes. I'm going to up the first page. Yeah, <laughs> I've got my first page blank. And then the next thing I do is black out the whole year when the children have got school holidays. Yeah, it is It is lovely. And in, in the course that I run, I, I do clearly say that this is like just a framework to get you started. But ultimately, each year, it's up to you to just, just to tweak it and make it your own. And that's what's so lovely. What I've always loved about yours is that you have that section for wins. I always forget that. I don't write that down. And I think it's so important because I don't know, are you, I'm always somebody that will always look at the end of the month at things that I didn't achieve or the things that went wrong or I didn't get. And then you mm. just, you just forget all the things mm. that you learned or mm. that you achieved or that you gained. And it's so, it's just so important to do. But, and it's also but, helpful, I think, as well, when you're when you're planning the ne- or thinking about the next year, it's that noticing what goes well at certain times. Like I, I, I know accounting wise, you're supposed to work on quarters. That never makes sense for me. For me, I, I work on school terms because that's what the children did. That's what governed my time. Um, and I call them seasons just just much like at school you have spring summer and autumn term I have the same and that last little chunk of winter is called I don't know how you say it Huga 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 because I know by then I'll be wanting to you know snuggle up maybe maybe make website changes at that time of year I don't I don't want to be like it's a totally different kind of energy so the course that you have on it is like bite size you can take it any time but you what must also be fun is you have a Facebook group for that do people share what they do because that must be fun to see how people like take it on a stage yeah so the Facebook group is just because it is really nice and people have decided to make their own 
planners for something or their own trackers and people just that people do like to make them really beautiful that is not what the course is about I don't teach brush lettering and <laughs> <laughs> I just haven't got time for that but people do make them look really beautiful and it's about sharing ideas but what tends to happen is I will just jump on and I will sometimes share me doing real life planning so I'll say I've got a fair coming up this is how I'm planning it or I've got a holiday so I might have a summer holiday and you know you have all those slightly unrealistic aims that you're going to read 16 books and then you're going to start a new exercise routine you're going to drink three liters of water a day you're going to fill up five sketchbooks yeah and then you're going to and then you're going to do all you're going to take all the domestica courses which you bought a year ago and you've forgotten about right so it was I often just jump on and say look I'm actually planning I've got two weeks ahead of me I'm trying to plan I'm going to do it live this is how I do it to remind people of this is this is the system that I use for planning so the bullet journal course is not just about how you draw it up the bullet journal and create your own it's how you actually plan it's like a is, little community then once you're in yeah it tends to be me turning up very ad hoc sometimes in my dressing gown just saying I've just done this new wicked thing in my bullet journal come and have a look because I'm all excited about it and it, it is really nice and it what is so so lovely is when people say that, that their book really helps them and they've done yeah. it three three years running and that they're able to manage things because for me it's so I I mean I've never touched wood I've never left it on a bus I've never lost it but it does contain it just contains my whole life really and I'd just be lost without it and how it's how it has managed to dissolve those feelings of overwhelm when life just gets a bit too much the very first thing I do is I just pick up my bullet journal I start writing and planning something and then within about 10 minutes I feel calm and it's I know I don't need to worry and everything's in hand and I'm actually not quite as busy as I thought I was because look I only need to do two of those things this week and actually I can I'm free at the weekend so very quickly I found it had a really positive effect on my anxiety so it's a crucial tool for me for managing my mental health so um yeah I love it how how do you manage uh physically moving things or adjusting things when you do need to make adjustments or changes so at the beginning of the year like I might write ideas on little post-it notes and stick those in sections so that I can feel like I can move them around a bit because it's very difficult isn't it in January planning for what you think you might want to be doing in September you don't know how you'll be feeling then what other things might have come into the mix that's the one element I find with a paper written journal is a little yeah. bit difficult to alter and manage and I don't want to write be writing things in pencil and rubbing them out so how, how do you manage that um occasionally if I do think it's something that is not concrete if I'm not sure I'm going to be doing it, it might move I do write it in pencil um I do write it in pen but then if you make a mistake, the bullet journal that I buy, do you still buy the, is it Lechtern? Yeah. Yeah. They have those, they have the sticky labels at the back and I cut them up and stick them over my mistakes. Yes. Or you can tear a page out right at the back and then you've got the gridded page that you can stick over the, over the mistakes too. I've done that as well. <laughs> yeah. 
I don't tend to, I mean, I do cross things out. I know, I know what you mean. I think I do a bit of a balancing act between digital um, and, and paper. And there is something so important about having something on paper, isn't there? I couldn't, I mean, I love digital stuff, but I I couldn't just do that. No, Um, I tried one year, I tried one year ditching it and just using apps. Um, I quite like Todoist app for keeping notes of things partly because if my if my uh, planner isn't always with me it that's quite useful to have a place where you can have a reminder and also for you know re redoable monthly tasks like you can tick it off and it will automatically ping back up the next month at a certain time so there are some things that are useful in terms of to-do lists but that's not the same what I find the planner is is really useful for is that it's it's a combination of working through the thought process Mm. as well as making sure that something actually happens which is a very different thing from just writing something on a list and ticking it off it's a much more holistic system I think yeah there's there's a space in the back so I often if I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed there's a pro- overwhelmed there's a process I go through where I will get a piece of paper or use the back of the bullet journal and I'll do a brain dump and yes. I'll just write everything out that's on my mind and I just write it all down and then I start acti- actively planning and the beauty of the bullet journal is you can flip very quickly from looking at your yearly overview and thinking right well, what month does that need to happen? Well, actually, it doesn't need to happen till March, but this needs to happen next week. And then you can flick in a second to that week and start writing things down, whereas it's not quite as easy. It's not quite as easy um, in a digital format. And I and I do wonder whether or not you are using a different side of your brain, because I'm wondering that when you're writing and thinking in this way it's using more of the right side of your brain whereas the less left side is that more logical analytical side that you tend to do when you're working digitally I think as well yeah it depends what kind certainly writing physically writing something allows more for um creative off spurts Mm. and there is no like if I if I look at my weekly plan I'll write down maybe things for the week and then there'll be I might break things down by subtask or there'll be three things that need to happen as a result or before that and I can draw it with arrows and things like that so that it makes sense visually and pictorially to me and that helps me know what the first step is and you you can't do that with a digital thing no same way it just doesn't it doesn't foster that, um, yeah, that sense of slightly more expansive thinking, and I think I think that's where. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, we're we're going well into bullet journals here, which is nothing wrong with that. But I think the other part of this conversation is the idea that comes before that, which is setting aside the time for making sure that something's important in your life. I just wanted to talk a little bit more about that with you before we finish because I'm sure that lots of people you know listening to this know that they've got things that they would like to do achieve possibly are on the edge of thinking well I'm not quite sure how I'm going to make that happen and this is another part of bullet journaling and journaling in general that I think is really 
important that perhaps as artists sometimes we're very good at dreaming and sometimes we don't let ourselves Mm. and we there's just this fine balance isn't there between it being a creative exercise and something where you need to come to a point where you say okay and now what am I actually going to do about this so that all those daily other things don't drift in and totally take over I think for me it ran a little bit deeper than that and I think for a long time I would convince myself that I wasn't a true creative and I wasn't an artist and one of those labels and one of those beliefs was because I was quite organized and then I reached a point where I just thought Annie you've just got to get over yourself don't worry that you like your studio to be organized or I spend time at school in my classroom organizing that and as soon as I let go of that and I allowed myself to just be myself and not Mm. feel like I had to be like some of my peers or friends that were I felt were more inherently creative than me what happened was I realized that me organizing my physical environment and also organizing my schedule gave me mental and physical space in which to create Mm. and then I really really embraced it and then I began to see how it's so helpful to me in order to be the artist I want to be so by being organized at school it means I get my job done quicker it means I'm doing a better job in the classroom I'm calmer I enjoy it and I get to leave earlier by being organized in my studio space it means that when I have precious time I can get the materials I need I can clear away in five minutes by keeping my bullet journal I can factor in time to be in the studio or to get my framing done and to do these fairs and I now write in my journal what it is I want to do when I'm in the studio so Mm. it makes me very very focused and I prioritize my time and it means that then I do have moments where I am really creative and in the zone and making a mess and all that expansive stuff that you talked about because I'm really ordered and I'm mindful about trying to eliminate things in my life that are going to get in the way of that so that might be furniture in my home that if I got rid of that furniture I make really big work and I've got a relatively small studio in my house or if I say no to things in my schedule and I don't take on things which I don't really want to do I've then got time to do the things I really want to do Yeah, I think you're right. And I think one of the biggest obstacles that we have in modern day life and goodness knows, I see my children now and the amount of digital clutter and systems that they like things that they have to do at school that, you know, when we were at school, you you just wrote your homework in a book and you handed it in. And now there's just the most extraordinary amount of like systems to deal with. And I think that's something that's really quite insidious 
these days. You know, anybody who's ever tried to do anything recently, and it's a logging in of a this and a password of a, like I was just trying to pay something the other day using my bank card, and I had to do it and then go to my bank account and log on and send myself a code. And I'm like, for goodness sake, this is my money I'm just trying to spend. You know, the amount of headspace that that stuff can take up, not only the doing it, but the feeling frustrated with it that can really nibble away at how we feel energetically and creatively, I think is huge. I mean, I think it's massive for anybody living mm. in today's world. It's, it's it's huge. But I think when we're also trying to make a creative space for ourselves and feel like we've got to generate something from nothing, we've got to got to we want to be in this place where we feel like that managing all of that side of things is really important and I know that that's something that also that you know you have a very um clear-cut way of dealing with that which you've you've recently been and spoken to us about in the membership but that's now coming as a as a short course too right how is that going to operate yeah, so it will be um, it will be a four week course. It will be four sessions, and it will cover digital organising. So I've called it the artist laptop, but you don't really need to be an artist, um, and you don't need a laptop. It really covers all digital devices, and it's geared towards artists because we tend to have a lot of images of our work. Mm. Um, but it was it's really just designed to especially for artists to think about how can we start organizing our digital life because we're always like I said photographing work we've got websites um we have to make submissions there's so there are emails there are invoices there are receipts and gradually you're in this digital world whether you like it or not and I really that really hit home during lockdown when I was um teaching online my students at school and I was I was living on my laptop and I just thought this is like this is like my digital home mm. so whilst my home was quite organized I felt that my laptop wasn't mm. and I really spent quite a lot of time just trying to streamline everything I I got rid of apps I organized my folders I organized my email system and it's it's an it's an ongoing thing it's like everything else you are constantly consuming you there will always be emails coming in there will be new apps that you'll always be getting and it, it's about sort of trying to stay on top of it but you're brilliant with systems so once you've created a system for something it's much easier to stay on top of it but it was a realization that that our digital life isn't just really an add-on it yeah. is we, I, I live I live on my phone and I just thought if you're not careful like you said it doesn't just drain your time it really drains your energy so if you're constantly frustrated because you've got to do a gallery submission and you can't remember where that image was and you don't know your password and it's just it's really stressful on your nervous system so so the, and the I four... think a lot of artists as well they kind of fell into it like it you know if you're working within a job you go into the job, the system is set up for you, you kind of follow it. Whereas I know for me, you know, then I came back and there was no system. There was no system. I didn't know how to organize things my way. It's only when you hit those sort of pain points with it 
And by that stage, you've built up a little bit of resentment for it, haven't you? You're kind of like, oh, that kind of sickening feeling of, oh, I don't want to do this because I know it's a well old muddle in there. (laughs) And that and I learned so much. I mean, I learned so much in Connected and so much from you about setting up these systems for doing things um, that just paved the way for me, really. And then after that, I just tried to, I'm always trying to streamline everything. Um, I found that by making small changes gradually, this is, this is, this tends to be my system for changes, not making a drastic change. It's just making very, very small, minute changes over a period of time. And after a year, it, you know, it's unrecognizable really, but it has made such a difference to my life to be able to be waiting for my child to come out of their classroom when I'm picking them up from school to be able to send a quick email or write an invoice on my phone boom done in five minutes that is really that's a game changer I don't have to go home and set up the laptop and spend half an hour I can edit my website on my phone I can source photographs and things all of my photographs on my phone um so I cover how you organize your your folders and files on whatever system you have uh, email organization using a cloud and sorting out your photos mm. it was amazing when you did the class with us I can't remember who it was now but I think she had a desktop that had 1800 items and within within the space of the hour they were all sorted into three folders and it was just like whoa or she or she deleted that many items I can't remember what it was now but it was just it again it's just getting over that inertia of it I think that's what's so helpful like when you have the bullet journal when you see the way somebody else can do it you're like okay I love that way of doing it and I want to do this or I love that way of doing it And I'm going to change it this way. So it works for me. I think so much of these things is just us saying, yeah, come on, let's make the change. Let's make it happen. So it's fantastic. Yeah, I'm all for just gradual change. I'm all for progress over perfection. You just keep going. You just make, you know, you don't just have to sit down with your laptop for two days and decide you're going to sort out 13,000 photographs. You just decide what your system is and then you just gradually chip away at it. And it really, really is manageable. It's not scary. It's not overwhelming. And then it does. It's just wonderful. You just get some headspace back, which we we all need, don't we? I think the relief sounds great. So, yeah, go and find um, Anna um, on Instagram, Anna F. McDonald, or there'll be information on her website, which is AnnaFMcDonald.com. Um, so if that sounds interesting, go and have a little look. These are really accessible courses. Um, and I think just that instigation to kind of get going on these, just, you know, imagine the relief. Imagine the relief. Can I share a little story with you while we end? Go on. The- shows you what happens to my brain when I get too busy and um, how efficient I am on my phone so <laughs> I, I discovered this morning so I entered a couple of pieces for the discerning eye the mal galleries so I submitted these two pieces and they're going to announce um, they're gonna you know they're gonna announce their selection tomorrow so I thought oh I'll just you know I'll just go on and I'll just check my uh, I'll just go and check my submission and my account. And um, I I submitted two works and I paid for them and I didn't upload the images. 
Anna. <laughs> so I, I did I did contact them and I said, I, I can see what's happened. I think I've gone to upload them and the file was probably too big. And I thought, oh, I'll come back to that later. And I never did. And I basically paid and I've described it all and I've given the details and it's just a blank, <laughs> just a blank. Oh, no. But it's fine. And I, yeah, it's fine. And I had a giggle with the woman over the phone about it. So we've just let that one go. But I just thought I'd share that because, you know, sometimes we just get busy and a bit disorganised, yeah. don't we? Yes, we do. Well, I've got another story similar to that. So there's me being super efficient with accounting stuff that I actually set up like in the accounting software you can set up a rule so that if a payment goes out and it's going to this person it applies a rule and a accounting code and a fat whatever whatever so there's me thinking yeah jolly good this is a rule and the really satisfying thing is then it comes up with a big green okay and all you have to do is click okay and it's sorted in the accounting system and like that feels like ticking a magic box anyway i discovered this month that somewhere along the line they changed the way they do the billing for this particular piece of software i use which basically i've been paying five times as much as i should have been for the last few months for it because something somewhere along the way changed the way they did the billing and because there was this nice green button to tick, I just ticked the green. <laughs> I just ticked the green button rather than alarm bells going off in my brain. Like, why is this suddenly more expensive? So there we go. I'm catching it now. At least I caught it now. But I think, you know, who knows? We all have stuff like that. We all have stuff like that. So that's my epic fail of systems <laughs> this week. That makes you feel any better. Yeah, it definitely does. Thanks, Alice. <laughs> right, let's end on a different note. What do you have that's inspired you? Well, what inspired me this week was just still just so loving being out of lockdown and being out and doing things in real life. And I went with a lovely friend to go and see another artist who is a artist slash poet slash performance artist and he writes poetry and he draws as well and he was performing he's recently um just published a book so it was a book launch and he was performing some poetry and it was just magical he's the most amazing performer and have you ever done that where you've just been in a room and it's just you can feel there's just magic there's something in the air it's almost like crackling you can just it feel it it was just wonderful and his poems are so funny and so sad and so moving so that was so inspiring and I who is he what's his name so you can find him at I think it's at gommy poem and you can buy his book at Hoxton Books, but I think it's also available on Amazon. But go to Hoxton Books first. Okay. But his Instagram content is very, very worthwhile. Definitely adding value, that one is. That sounds lovely. That sounds like... So So the book, the book is, because I saw a couple of um, pages that you shared, it's not just, it's not just printed written words. It's got illustrations and... Yeah, he travels, he travels around the country. So he'll sketch and he will chat to people and he will draw. He also lives on a boat and he has conversations with people and he intertwines that in his poetry. Yeah, his words and his drawings are really beautiful. 
Lovely. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. Um, what do you have planned for the for the rest of the day or the week now? What are you working on? Oh, well, I have actually just started to work on something new. I was inspired by um, the sunset, actually, the scenery in France where I was on holiday. It's taken me a while. It's really taken me a while to get back into the studio. I felt very yeah. rusty, not confident. Everything I've been making has been appalling. I've actually been a bit embarrassed about showing it on Instagram. It's been that bad, but I think I might show it on Instagram because I think people need to see the shit stuff, don't they? Yeah. They need to see that not everything we make is beautiful. I definitely feel that pressure seeing everybody's beautiful sketchbooks, but mine are not great. But eventually you get you get through the stuff. This is my motto. I don't use these words with my students, but I do say you have to make the shit drawings first. You've got to make the shit ones and then you make the really good ones. All right, lovely. We will leave it there for this week. Um, I hope you enjoyed that conversation. Um, hop over to Anna F. McDonald on Instagram if you want to see more or wherever you're listening. There will be links in the show notes to Anna's website. Um, if you want to have this lovely, gentle, helpful boost to kind of sorting your artist's life out and getting organised and... Um, also find a lovely poetry book that's going to inspire you in a totally different way that's what we've got for you this week we'll see you next time bye bye this is the bit that we need to have in outtakes i'll mute myself if i need to cough or blow my nose <laughs> yeah that'll be good <laughs>